Hey fans, welcome to Sideline Attraction. I'm your host, Taylor Ahrens, and this is a no-level playing field because I'm calling the shots on these interviews and nothing is off limits. So step up to the plate, it's game on. Hey, lovely listeners, spring has sprung and it's my favorite time of year, especially being a runner because I hate running outside when it's too hot and I absolutely despise running outside when it's too cold. So spring is the perfect sweet spot. And for those of you that don't know about my crazy running is that a casual run for me is about 13.1 miles, just a jog around the neighborhood, no big deal. And funny enough, I didn't get into running until quarantine happened. I think I was just stuck in the house and I just needed something to do. So I would just go outside and run. And also I would bike. I really think I biked around the whole city of Houston during quarantine. So I was the tannest I've ever been in my life because I was getting all that vitamin D during quarantine. Enough about me though and my crazy obsession. Let's talk about my next guest. His name is Brennan Davis and he's an outfielder for the Chicago Cubs organization. And last season, he was the MVP of the Futures game. And if you don't follow baseball, the Futures game is played during MLB's All-Star Weekend. And this game showcases the future talent. But he's not just baseball. He's a great guy and a dear friend. So I'm so excited for y'all to get to know him better. So get your pom-poms ready, fans. Stepping up to the plate is Brennan Davis. Hey there, it's good to see you. Hey, ready when you are. I am so ready to get to know the stud, Brennan Davis. And we've been friends for a while, so I know there are so many layers to you. And I just want to dig in. Let's just start from the beginning. I know you're from Arizona. Have you lived there your whole life? I was born and raised in Arizona. Chandler, to be specific. And you're an outfielder for the Cubs, which their spring training is in Arizona. I mean, how perfect is that? I mean, I got pretty lucky with that one. I was like 25 minutes from the complex when I first got drafted, so it was pretty easy to go back and forth. I love that you were able to just go back and forth and how convenient that was for you. I'm sure it made your transition after the draft much easier. Now let's talk about little Brennan. Were you always a superstar growing up as a little boy? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely peaked in Little League, so that was the highlight of my baseball career. Oh, yeah, you did. You hit that peak when you were a little boy and you were still hanging out there. And to top it off, you didn't just play baseball. You played two sports, right? I did. I actually played more basketball growing up than baseball. Oh, really? I didn't know that. So when did you just start focusing on baseball? I mean, I always played baseball, but it was usually just during the time that baseball was. Like, everybody in Arizona plays club everything, but I couldn't do both, like, financially. So I got some help with club basketball, so I ended up playing a lot more basketball and played baseball during the spring and like during my team season. So that was kind of my only thing, but it was just different because I never was on the club circuit and did all that stuff. So that's crazy to learn that you were playing more basketball than baseball. So tell me, when did you get really serious about baseball and figure out you can make a career out of this? After my junior summer, I started getting some opportunities in baseball and then I just ended up quitting basketball. We were coming off a state championship and Coach wasn't too happy about it, but I had to pick, so came down to it. I know, that must have been so hard to pick between the two sports because you love them so much, but I can totally relate to that because I was a competitive cheerleader and dancer growing up, and one point I flew to California to go to a cheer competition, and then I flew back that same day to get to dance rehearsal that night, and I was like, I need to pick one. This is outrageous. But choosing baseball turned out pretty well. And you said you got serious when you were 
a junior in high school, and then you were drafted right out of high school. So was that intimidating at all going into the draft? I mean, it was it was different because I was definitely the young guy and going around a bunch of older, more mature guys. It was kind of like the college feeling at first, and then I kind of just, I don't know, I settled down. I, my personality is pretty easy to blend in with others, so I think my first half season in the AZL was a little different because like I was around a bunch of different cultures like Latins, Venezuelans, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, Cubans. And I don't know, it's just different. It's a different lifestyle and you just, you figure it out and you adapt and it's just who I am now. Well, you adapted into a pretty cool dude, so it did you well. So let's talk about last season. You had an incredible season last season, and you were bouncing around, which in the baseball world, that is a good thing because you're moving up. So tell me how many teams you were on last season. Yeah, I started in South Bend, Indiana, our high A team. Then I went to Knoxville, Tennessee with our double A team. And then I ended the year in Des Moines, Iowa with our triple A team. So give me the scoop on that. Do they just call you into the office and say, pack your life, get yourself together, and you're out of here? I mean, normally, but I actually got hit in the face in spring training, so I had a concussion. Oh, my gosh. So I was a little delayed to start the season. That's why I started in South Bend. So I went there, spent a week, and then I kind of knew I was going to get promoted and like go spend the majority of my season in Tennessee, so... I kind of had a better idea than most people do, but most people, it's like as soon as spring training's over, there's a list on the door. You see what team you're going to. You got to figure out your life, pack it up, head out. Dang, that's tough. But I think as a baseball player, y'all are already living out of a suitcase, so you're not even packing that much anyways. Yeah, that's very true. And the baseball season is a long season, and there's a lot of ups and downs that come with it. And One thing I admire about you on the down weeks, you would just flat out tell me I'm doing shitty. So is that just part of it? How do you handle it? Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of ups and downs in baseball. And I don't know. I tend to dwell a little bit on the downs because I expect myself to be good. But it's a big part of baseball not to ride the wave and just keep a positive attitude and keep working every day. It's just baseball. Yeah, you're so right, because at the end of the day, it's just a sport and you started it in the first place because you loved it. I'm the same way. I always say I'm my worst enemy. So that's definitely something I need to work on. I'm hard enough on myself. Totally. Like, can I just give myself a break, please? And thank you. But you didn't get where you are today becoming a professional baseball player and playing outfield by being easy on yourself. You worked hard for it. And speaking of outfield, since you're my first outfield guest, I want to learn more about it. So tell me, there's different places you stand on the field for each batter. And I notice sometimes that people pull out a piece of paper or you just kind of move around. So how do you know where to stand for the specific batter? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely scouting reports and baseball is a huge analytics game. So I mean, it depends on your organization, like how numbers based you are and like, if you line up your defense and shift based on their numbers or if you just play everybody straight up. So there's a bunch that goes into that, but there's definitely like cards that have like what the hitter usually does. and gives you just a better idea on defense. That's so cool. I didn't know that. And I've always wondered that. So that's so interesting. Another question I have for you is what the heck are you thinking about out there? Because there's a lot of downtime in baseball. 
And sometimes when I'm cheering on the field, I can see like my mom and dad in the stands and they're like eating some cheesy popcorn. And I ask them after the game, I'm like, how's the popcorn? And they're like, how did you know that? You're like, you were cheering on the field. And I'm like, I'm observant. That's how I know. So tell me what's going through that mind. Or are you locked in? You kind of have to be. I mean, there's definitely the times to space out like in between hitters, stuff like that. But you get probably two or three balls a game and you have to be ready for all of them. For sure. You got to be ready for those two or three balls that are coming your way at any second. And I'm glad to hear if you're doing any spacing out, it's in between batters. That's a good strategy if you ask me. You got a good routine, yeah. Okay, another question I need to know because you're an outfielder is do you practice those insane catches that you see on SportsCenter's top 10? Yeah, I mean, great catches. I mean, there's something to like practicing and seeing where you can like get like how far you can get to balls and knowing yourself. But I mean, you can't practice like the crashing into walls and stuff like that. So that stuff is kind of just like drill work and like knowing the footwork to do it. And then when the game comes, your instincts take over. Oh, I see. Adrenaline catch out there. Yeah, exactly. So since we're on the topic, tell me what's the craziest catch that you've had to do? Probably just a ball going to my right and I laid out full. You look like Superman when you're diving for it. Those always are are a fun one. And it's even better when they get the picture of it. Yeah. Picture it didn't happen. Exactly. You have to have photographic evidence nowadays. All right. Let's step up to the plate now. Tell me what's your favorite pitch to hit. I would say a fastball. (laughs) Oh, you like a fast one straight down Broadway, don't you? So, you know I'm a play-by-play commentator, and I haven't mastered yet what kinds of pitches the pitchers are throwing which I can imagine it comes easy for you because you've played the game so long. So tell me how that all works. How can you differentiate all the pitches? Yeah, the more you play, the more you pick up on spin and how pitchers are trying to pitch you and whatnot. So you have to be able to hit a fastball to move up. So Luckily for you, fastballs are your specialty. So sounds to me that you'll be climbing that ladder. So now tell me, when you step up to the plate, do you have a specific routine that you have to do before you get ready to go? I do have my routine because we play every day. So you got to do similar stuff or you'll lose yourself. So I have a routine that I do and try to be pretty consistent with it. Oh yeah, maybe that's why they say consistency is key. Now it's time to reveal to me what your walk-up song is. Opposite of Adults by Chitty Bang. (laughs) Oh, I like that song. Has that always been your song? Yeah, it has been. Of course, it's just the go-to. Yeah, just, you know, just, just wholesome. That song is a bop. I put it in my spin class a lot, so I like it too. All right, now it's time to talk about the most exciting and probably the highlight of your year last year is that you got the MVP of the Future Stars game. Not only did you get one home run, you got two. And your award was given to you by Ken Griffey Jr. What was going through your mind? I bet it was just a whirlwind. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) That was a pretty cool moment. You go to those like all-star games and it's so hit or miss if you play good. If you play good, doesn't mean you're the best. If you play bad, doesn't mean you're the worst. It's just kind of like who was the best that day. And I ended up playing well and being able to be presented an award by Ken Griffey Jr. was unbelievable. And they had the audacity to ask me, like, to put it into words on national television. And I probably looked dumb, but it's hard to, like, describe. Well, I was watching, and I can tell you that you did not look dumb. And you don't want to sound like an idiot saying something, <laughs> like 
trying to like articulate your words. I totally feel that because like when big moments happen in my life, I just am so speechless. I don't have anything to say. I think that goes for everyone too. You just happen to be in the spotlight with a bunch of cameras on you and you were forced to say something. So where is this trophy now? My mom has some of my stuff back home. Some of the stuff's hanging up. Aw, that's so sweet. I bet she's so proud of you. And I know you're a big mama's boy. I am a mama's boy. I love that. Moms are the best. So how is your mom? She's doing great. She's enjoying her time. She's two years married, so they're having a good time. That's super awesome to hear that she's doing great. Let's get into your off-season. So the grind never stops. Tell me what your training is like in the off-season. Wake up at 8, go to the field, get there by 8.30, eat, stretch, get going by 9.15, 9.30, and then lift for two and a half hours, make sure I eat, recover, then I have hitting from depends it's either three to four thirty or four to five thirty kind of area so i mean there's a lot that goes on in my day i might go to yoga later need to get some flexibility back oh i love to hear that because you know i'm a huge yogi and so are you are you going to hot yoga i prefer hot yoga it makes stretching easier but we'll see we'll see what's available for today i feel that you just got to get it in something's better than nothing yeah exactly So after your season's over, do you ever take time off completely just to rest? Yeah, I definitely took some time off. I think I took three, three and a half weeks off. And I mean, I try to mix in like little vacations here and there because we can't do anything during season and our season's so long. So I'm going to Tulum. It'll be fun. And then I have a golf trip outing kind of thing in Palm Springs. And then I'll be probably pretty focused on baseball and ramping up after that. I'm glad that you brought golf up because that was something that I wanted to talk to you about. So how's the golf game going, Tiger? I've not been playing like Tiger Woods. I've been playing like once a year golfer that comes out and golfs with his buddies. That's what I've been playing like. The Tiger Woods title is a little disrespectful right now, but my ego won't let me won't let me not not have the confidence. Ah, oh, that's okay. I'm sure you look good while you're doing it. I just got into golf and I'm sure I look like a hot mess out there, but I really know how to rock those golf skirts. So my ego thinks I'm doing good. We're around the same thing. Yeah, we are. So now it's time to play a game. It's called my two-minute drill. And I have my pom-pom here, and it is filled on each strand with questions. That must have taken you forever to make. Oh, my goodness. It did take me forever. So I appreciate you acknowledging that. But the only thing about it is that it's hard to read them, so I need to be faster at that. We're going to make it work. We are going to make it work. So let's do this. I'm going to start your timer in three, two, and one. Canada or Mexico? Mexico. Cherished or respected? Cherish. Walk or skip? <laughs> Walk. <laughs> oh, I would like to see you skip everywhere. Next one, smell like garlic or smell like onions? Garlic, so the vampires stay away. <laughs> oh my gosh. Ability to fly or ability to remind? Fly. DM or text message? Text message. Receive or give a lap dance? Give? <laughs> Receive. <laughs> Both, huh? Rake or shovel? Uh, shovel. <laughs> Beer or whiskey? Whiskey. Be embarrassed or be afraid? Be embarrassed. I hate being afraid. Yeah, same here. Driver or passenger? Passenger. <laughs> Prom king or valedictorian? Valedictorian. Paper towel or sponge? Paper towel. Batman or Spider-Man? Spider-Man. Stuck on the moon or float in space? 
Uh, stuck on the moon, probably. <laughs> Boiled or fried eggs? Boiled. Extreme pain for a minute or a mild pain all day? One day. Barefoot or shoes? Shoes. <laughs> Aquarium or zoo? Aquarium. Slots or cards? Cards. Fire or ice? Ice. Last one, queso or guac? Ooh, that's a tough one. I'll do queso. Nice job. You hit a grand slam with my two-minute drill. And before I let you go, I need to know one fun fact about Brennan Davis we did not learn today. Ooh, one fun fact about Brennan Davis. Well, currently trying to get my real estate license. So if you're in the area of Arizona, maybe I'll sell you a house soon. Well, I know who I'm calling if I decide to move to Arizona. Have you already taken all the classes? I'm doing it right now. I love a good project, so you keep up the good work. And I wish you the best of luck this season. I'm so excited to watch you on your journey this year because I have a feeling some great things are happening this year for Brennan Davis. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. You're welcome back anytime. I appreciate you. Of course. Back to you later.